from Nuthouse Studios in beautiful downtown Lexington, it's Bluegrass Homefront. I am Tiny Brian, and me as always is Victor. Hello, Tiny Brian. Hello, Victor. How are you today, sir? I am finer than a frog hair split two ways with a fine... Oh, shoot, I messed it up. With a double-bit axe. With a, no, yeah. two-bit axe. Or see, well, see, something the way like I always that. heard it is fine as frog hair split four ways, ways with, with a double-bit axe. Double-bit axe. I think I might always said two-bit axe. And I believe, uh, well, it's... Same the, thing. The difference is it has, yeah, it's a cutting edge on both sides. Right. So you can... Right. You can swing and then get the guy behind you. At the but the thing time. is, though, I'm finer than a frog hair split two ways, though. Which is so, the, which the is pretty good. Short is you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Good. good How good. about you? I'm doing very well. Very well. It's a good. This is our first episode of Bluegrass Homefront, so we do want to welcome everybody in. Welcome. So now we have done a version of this before. This started about a year ago, actually. Yeah. With our and we are always grateful to the the good people of WRFLFM uh, Lexington's. Uh, Radio Free, your only alternative Radio left. Radio Free Lexington. Yeah, Radio Free Lexington, your only alternative left at 88.1. That's right. We did this show once a week there for several months in the fall of 2019 and kind of got the bug to have these conversations and talk to people. And so we started looking for bluegrass. We started looking for music and stories from Kentucky. Kentucky. Right. And as we started finding them and we, we, we started putting together some equipment, and we actually put together a whole studio to be able to do this with somehow. Yep. We have a pretty little podcasting studio, so mm-hmm. here we are. Yep, right here in downtown Lexington. If, you, if you're interested, you may even get a chance to see it for yourself sometime fairly soon. Sure. So, and we do call it Nuthouse Studios because we are we are hosted here at the Urban Squirrel. So, just kind of to give the idea of where it is, they... So if you're looking for a place to store your nuts, they are literally at storeyournutshere.com. There you are. Endlessly delightful. Yes. And uh, so it anyway. Is, it is a running joke. So yes, we are. We, we have a studio a year later after starting out on actual radio. Now we're here in podcast form. Here we are. So welcome and we're glad that you've chosen to join us today. So what are we going to talk about on our first little go here well, what are, what's been going on here in Lexington in the last couple of weeks? Here in Lexington? Sure, here in the state. Well, I mean, there's been plenty going on in the state. Louisville's always on the edge of, of something. And uh, here in Lexington, we had our, uh, our illustrious football team took a little break off practice the other day to kind of follow along what's going on with the uh, sports world right now with the uh, athletes actually trying to take some control and, uh, you know, affect change and make some things happen. Right, they're not they're not sticking to sports much anymore. At least they're they're not as well. You know, the NBA players, they're uh, you know, I think people forget. Yeah, they always want to say, you know, these are rich, spoiled guys, but that's just not where these guys come from. No, these, they, they may be rich now. They may be rich not, now, but all these, just about every one of them came, came from, from hard scrabble. As we came from the hoods, yeah, you know, from the real places like. You know, in Chicago, you don't want to go to. Yeah, places that's, that's, of, of come from places of and, real poverty. And, and so and, they get it, and they understand what's going on, and they're fed up with it. And I've tried to explain to people how, you know, this this will make it effect because they're owned, their teams are owned by the thirty of the richest people in this country. And you start talking, you start costing them millions of dollars a day. They will do something. Yeah, the 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 idea is to encourage all the the rich and the powerful who the, both either own these teams or have. Uh, marketing and understanding with these teams What's to a, get them to, to act. Steve Bannon, right? He's the Microsoft guy. 
No, that Steve Bannon is Transformer oh, yeah, campaign what's the, guy. What's the Microsoft guy? Steve Ballmer, Ballmer. But he's not there anymore. He, well, but yeah, Ballmer owns team. the L.A. Clippers. And, you know, I feel like that legislators from uh, California will answer the phone when Steve Ballmer calls. So that's how that works. So uh, we do have several U.K. players still in the, the NBA bubble, which sure. as of this recording, the, the bubble is still going I on. don't have the stat in front of me because we've been extremely busy, but I know that Anthony Davis put up about 43 last night and they closed out the Trailblazers. And that was on Saturday since this is this. Is oh, yeah, sorry, Tuesday, that was so. Saturday evening. So so here's surprise, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah, but Davis had a big game. They closed out the Portland Trailblazers and uh, – you know, Jamal Murray's been playing fantastic for uh, the, the Denver Nuggets, and uh, he they start they picked their series back up tonight with the uh, with the uh, who are they playing Utah? Utah. So, so yeah. that's that's a is that a new? Do you say that's a new series or are they? No, they're going to pick it back up because you know they took two days off there. Mm-hmm. The protests that, that for the, continued for the protests led by the Milwaukee Bucks because obviously the uh, the latest drama has been going on in Wisconsin. Of course, yeah. yes. So. So there's all that heady stuff. Let's uh Yeah, that's some heady stuff. So here closer to home there's uh there are some 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 perhaps less pressing controversies brewing, but there are some controversies brewing. What you got? I uh from the the world of food, you know that uh Kentucky fried chicken, now mostly known as as KFC. Yeah. They got their start right here in uh, beautiful Corbin. Just you know they have french fries now. They have French fries. Yeah, you didn't it's know like, that. It's like Taco Bell got rid of the potatoes and KFC picked them up. You didn't That's, know that. Yeah, they, they, they have, have potato wedges. No, they have French fries now. Of course, huh. they still have potato wedges. I think, but yeah, they have French fries now. There's commercials about it. Neat. No, I haven't seen those commercials. I, now I'm kind of wanting KFC. I know what I'm doing after the recording session. <laughs> Go get some Kentucky fried chicken. And uh, well, they've they've recently made an announcement that uh, with uh, that they're actually going to suspend their slogan finger licking good oh yeah yeah um yeah they because of uh covid concerns that this isn't a year when anybody really needs to be licking their fingers so kfc is gonna is apparently gonna stop saying finger licking good for now Hmm. so much for your flavor saver (laughs) well that's your mustache not the well, it depends on what your what flavor you're saving. Yeah, there's there's well, yeah, the, there's a reason KFC says they're finger licking good. Yeah, yeah, there's that. So, uh, what are we going to talk about? What's going to be on our episode there today? So, yeah, let's let's have a little preview, shall yeah. we? So, we're, we're gonna in a minute we're gonna go to some music. Uh, yep. We do we we are a we consider ourselves at least partially a music podcast. Yep. So cool. you're gonna hear new and always Kentucky artists. We're we're interested in finding people from here to highlight now some of the songs may not be as new but uh, they are kentucky artists and you may not have heard those songs before or maybe uh, it's one you enjoy one way or the other we think they're good songs and we, we enjoy them we, we got some pretty pretty jamming tunes we have discovered that uh, along with the bluegrass in the country that there's a pretty pretty heavy metal scene so we got some some and heavier so, and songs, R&B, and we got there's, got, there's yeah. some R and B, and there's a little bit of everything. So, uh, and and we think that's true of Kentucky, not just musically, but generally that there's a little bit of everything to be found here. So yes, and our we're going to have some music, then we're going to talk to an artist. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, and then after that, for our final segment, after some more music, we will talk about the recently there was a gathering of libertarians yes. here in Lexington, and we had the chance to go with go down. Take our mobile studio unit, which we managed to somehow have as well, 
take it down there and speak to them. And we got to see a presidential candidate, yes, which, which fact, I thought was Joe, pretty cool. Joe Jorgensen of the Libertarian Party was the speaker. That, that was why we came down there. We were thrilled to hear, and we're going to give you our thoughts on that. Yep. But first, some music. Victor, what are we going to listen to for our first music break here on Bluegrass Homefront? Uh, first, we're going to hear from a nice little heavy band called Downtrend, uh, followed by the Kentucky Hellhands and then some Hill Folks. Sounds great. So uh, all that and have a listen and we'll be back here on Bluegrass Homefront. Better. 
Hello, this is Jeremy Sutherland, stand-up comedian and co-host of the Obtuse Angles podcast, and you are listening to Bluegrass Homefront. All right, welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. That last song we heard was Carly Dawn and the Hill Folk. Then that was Hillbilly Highway, right? Oh yeah, and the song was Hillbilly Highway. And uh, you know what's interesting is we recently hit that Hillbilly Highway from here to Lexington. We headed up to... uh, the, up to Hebron, Kentucky, right. which is where Carly lives with her family. But no hillbillies. No, well, well, we were the hill. We're hillbillies enough for that. <laughs> and let's face it, Carly. You know, Carly's from Moorhead, so yeah, she she's is. kind of a hillbilly as well. She's a very uh, nice young woman that plays uh, some bluegrass and can, uh, traditional music, as she likes to put it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she was kind enough to invite, her, invite us into her very fine home and uh, give us a little interview, and we had a good time talking to Carly. And here's our talk with Carly Dawn. Carly, how long have you been playing music professionally? So, do you mean this kind of music and playing... Well, just in front of people regularly. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I've had to do some math. I don't know. Um, You grew up playing the cello. Cool. And then studying voice. And, you know, musical theater. Just loved it. Well, for some reason... Got to college and didn't didn't go the musical theater way. I do not know why. I went. I didn't know what I was doing. Went into art and philosophy, all these things, geology. <clears throat> but and was just playing in um, coffee houses and things like that. But had no intention of playing this kind of music uh, on a regular basis, and it so, just happened. But. So it was bluegrass not, because you're, you're, you would consider yourself a bluegrass artist, right? Or a country artist, or? Well, um, <clears throat> I play bluegrass, and I play country, but I, I don't want to say I'm a bluegrass musician, although it would be fine to, but, and I used to play a lot of bluegrass shows. A lot of people, they just see you with fiddles and guitars and assume you're bluegrass, and well, I, you know, we know that it all actually takes a mandolin, or else you're not bluegrass. So, what was that? You I said, it takes a mandolin. It or takes else. a mandolin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, so, bluegrass wasn't your wasn't the earliest thing you played? Was it just no? What no, was your What was your not, early music? What What did you like when you were growing up? What kind of music did you listen to? Well, you know, uh, I was born here in Kentucky and lived first few years, and then back and forth between here. Uh, well, Moorhead, where my dad went to school and met my mom. She was from Moorhead, but um, and then he lived up on the river there, um, across from Ashland, Colgrove, Ohio. So we back and forth, but we left, you know, and went north after a few years. And so um, I was mostly exposed to my parents' music, which was rock and roll. Mm. <laughs> and then I loved the R and B, the rock and roll. And just, I love just about everything, but didn't popular country um, until I moved back down here to Kentucky. Where did you go in the interim? Dad took that hillbilly highway north, and, you know, we were in southern Ohio for a few years, and then up to central Ohio, and then, then it Mich- was... Then Michigan? It was, but first we hit New Jersey. Well, that's a weird route. I know. The Hillbilly Highway doesn't really run to New Jersey, no. Carly. Well, it did when Carly went there. <laughs> because, <clears throat> believe me, and I've, I've written songs about that, and I had to deal with that a lot, being a hillbilly out of the hills, even though I wasn't, I don't know, it's, it's weird. There was so much I didn't realize about Kentucky until I was older and came back, 
But I always knew I was from there, and I had a lot of things from there already. And, and my mom would always just fill me with stories and, and knowledge and things like that. But I found myself having to defend it up in the north, you know. They, oh, yeah. They took one listen to my voice and whatever. And Yeah, these accents don't carry well up in Yankee <laughs> territory, to be sure. So then it was to New York, and I love New York State. It was most like Kentucky as far as terrain and all. And then it was Michigan. So I was right. You did eventually find your way to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So, and you grew up listening to, I, I guess you're part of the, with us, you're kind of the MTV generation. You grew up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. With, with. I'll never forget the first time I saw MTV. I was so mad at it. I was so mad. Mad. Because that day I had plans of playing in a tree with my friend across the street. Oh. And I went across the street and meet up with her and we were supposed to hike around and get up in the tree and play. She wanted to go inside, and I didn't understand. She wanted to go inside and watch TV. I said, what? You know, what is it? MTV. MTV is what she wanted to go inside and watch, and so that was my first. <laughs> Video killed the radio star. Oh, my God. Like and also the play date, apparently. three or something. Yeah, that's I don't know. Right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It didn't even come on our TV back in. Well, yeah, we didn't get that yeah, up we in the mountains till like the nineties. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we had it across the street at our house. Across the street, but <laughs> she did. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because Brian lived across the mountain from me, right? He had it, and I didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> we had different cable providers, yeah. Because and he had a terrible one, and mine wasn't a whole lot better, but at least it had MTV. Uh, we, had, we had TBS and Night Tracks though. So, oh, not. Gosh, Night Tracks. Yeah. You remember Night Tracks? Oh yeah. Okay, I love Night Tracks though. <laughs> I, I tried playing flute for a year and I did good at it, but I dreamt of playing the cello ever since I was three years old. Is that a cello sitting here? There's a cello behind that. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's an upright bass. That's yes. an upright bass. <laughs> and then the cello's back there. And then the fiddle's over there. The only one I'm missing is the viola, but I'll get me one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have dreams. You can play all those, huh? Yeah. That's really cool. <clears throat> Yeah, I think but, we may have to have you play the upright bass for us in a minute. My a dad played the guitar, and uh, I didn't even know what a cello was. And maybe I saw one on TV in an orchestra, something like that. But I remember being a little girl and taking my dad's guitar, and it looked more like a, a, an upright bass because yeah, right. I was so little. But I put it between my legs like you do a cello, and I took a hanger, and I was doing this like a bow. So I must have seen it somewhere. Must have. You were ready I, I to must, go. I don't recall seeing it, but I must have. And for years, I wanted to play the cello. And we moved a lot all over the place, all, all over Southern Ohio, up to Jersey. And it wasn't until we were in New, moved to New York they offered the cello in school. I took that up in three days. I was caught up with everybody. So I just, I loved it. I didn't get a guitar until I was 22 years old in college. Wow. So and this was at Moorhead, right? Yeah, in Moorhead. And my dad bought me a guitar. I still have it. It's upstairs. Um, but I had been writing songs for years, ever since high school. Writing, writing, writing. I would sing in my friend's bands in college, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't play anything yet that was useful to them anyway, except for percussion instruments. Sarah bought me a new recorder thing. That's what I've been using since January, I guess, whenever she brought that over to uh, record songs and we'll, we'll send each other clips and things we're working on. Um, well, that's excellent. Together, so, cause we're kindly, we've started back up 
our uh, our duo, our band. So Sarah and I have played for years as Carly Dawn and Little Sari. And so uh, now sometimes we'll bring a full band and uh, one of our regulars when uh, he's available or when we have something to do is Jesse Wells. And then we've had a little rotation of, of bass players. But anyway, we were playing a lot there a few years ago and but um, but we have uh, been practicing all winter, a uh, brand new show, and had a bunch of dates set up for the spring and summer. Of course, yep, so all gone. <laughs> all gone. You can't be doing that, as and, uh, as Papa Andy likes to say. Right, right. But uh, but we uh, we did an online concert here recently, do uh, raise funds for Cowan Creek Mountain Music School, where we taught for years and love so much. It's a small mountain music school down there in Letcher County. Uh, Whitesburg, mm -hmm. yeah. home of the oh, apple, apple shop. shop. Yeah, uh -huh. apple shop. Okay. I fear y'all knew the apple shop. Yep, there we grew w. up an hour, like an hour away oh, from it. So yeah, go. we're over just right over the mountain in Pike County. So cool, yeah, yeah. WMMT. So we we love it down there. We do this musical every summer and last week of June. So we did a concert, raised funds for that here recently, and. Um, but we've got a new project. We're just getting off the ground and ready to record it. We've got our musicians uh, garnered and well, good. we're just uh, that. yeah, we're just waiting. Give us a date and get her done. But <laughs> <laughs> won't you play us something? You've yeah. got your your guitar there on your on your knee. And okay. This won't you give us a little give us a little taste? Well. Well, um, I was talking before about having been this hillbilly out of the hills <laughs> for so many years up north, and um, then I came back to uh, Kentucky and kindly stayed ever since, but very just recently had to move out of eastern Kentucky. Didn't see that coming, but it did and so even though i'm still in kentucky technically yeah we're, we're stones throw from the ohio here <laughs> exactly. so we we're are... here on the Ohio river but it is so different than eastern kentucky at so least it looks hilly i mean <laughs> it's an illusion created by the river but it right, does right. look like home at least a little exactly and when we first came here we were in another city and so we were uh, it was a nice little town, a uh, big town across the Cincinnati, but it was so different. We, we had come from living in the woods. And so this is a new song, uh, kind of basically talking about having dealt with having to leave Eastern Kentucky again when I, you know, never thought I would again. This is a new song called Magic in the Mountains.
traveled east of the cane land That frontier south of the Ohio The Cherokee Shawnee
All right, welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. As Carly told us, that was Magic in the Mountains. And the second song we heard was Honey Bee by Joslyn and the Sweet Compression. And the very last song, which I thought was a very fine song by a gentleman by the name of Warren Byram, called The Fable Canelands. The Fable, those are just some great names and titles of bands. They really are. I mean, The Sweet Compression is the be- the best name. Oh, that's fantastic. And it, it, it so suits... I haven't seen the compression, but I've, I've seen some pictures of Jocelyn. It's just the whole thing that she's doing and the style of music. It just suits the whole thing. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? can't it, wait to. I it, hope to meet her at some point and talk to her because it, it's some. Well, as I told you, it turns music. out she's actually acquainted with my wife. So, and, so hopefully and, that'll uh, happen at some point. Maybe. So, as you can see, we're, we're we're definitely wanting to talk to some artists, and then we're we're also looking at newsmakers here in, in that things going on here in Kentucky. So we talk. Uh, so. As we said earlier, recently Victor and I went to a downtown Lexington event at the old courthouse on yep. the steps yep. where there was a group of, how many want to say, 150, 200 maybe? I think there was that many. Certainly by the end. By the time she started speaking, when we got That's there, true. there weren't as many. No, but, but they but, crowded in there by But the when end. she was speaking, though, there was probably was 100, 150 people there. Nice crowd, all kind of gathered up on the steps. She... Uh, Funny, they didn't actually have much sound uh, amplification. Like she was using just basically a, a basic bullhorn with a, like the mic on it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, so yeah. I was I tried to record some of that, but we didn't do real we, well. With we that. did record. Uh, what's What's her name again, Brian? Pronounce it for me. Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen. We did record her whole speech, and she had a lot of fantastic things to say, but unfortunately, she isn't the loudest speaker, so we didn't really get. Yeah, it wasn't quality enough we could that we feel good bringing it to you. But she did have some good things to say. She also had some some things that I have some concerns about to say. Well, the but, libertarians are concerning sometimes. Yes, but, uh, but for the most part, they uh, they have some uh, some more fresh ideas than the uh, regular same old same old that we get to hear from our grand old two parties. So. Well, and and I believe that yeah, being able to have infusions of other ideas, even even. Even not as great ideas can help us find our way. Absolutely, that's that's how you do. So, it. You open it for construct for discussion. So anyway, we did so we did the, take our mobile unit, and because uh, we we have both a ta- we both have a stationary and a mobile unit somehow because who knows. But so we went down there and we took our mobile unit, and we were able to get interviews with some actual Kentucky libertarians. So and, even if we didn't get Joe, we got the more important people. And we got we some got people that, that are actually running for office. Yes. Yeah, so. so these are uh, well, the first one is actually just a liber. He's the treasurer of the Libertarian Party for the Lexington Congressional District. Right. right. So What's his he'll, name? he'll explain it. His name's Cooper Ryder, I think he said. He'll say. Right. So let's. It it just says Cooper, dude. Oh, okay. the, the sound file. All right. So, but let's let's have a listen, and okay. we and we and we'll come back and talk about what it says. All right, and uh, we're here with. Can I get your name, please? Andrew Cooperwriter. So you're the treasurer for District Six, yeah, which is Kentucky. what we're in. Yep. Is it, is it is it District Six of Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. So District Six of Kentucky, which is like Fayette County, um, you know, Winchester, Richmond. Is it the same as the congressional districts? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a rally for more of our local candidates as far as it goes. Obviously, as libertarians, we know we're a third-party candidate. Um, and where we can really affect changes in our local elections. Yes, uh, a lot of the individuals running there, for example, James Toller, in his particular uh, Kentucky House race, he, there's no Democrat challenger to the Republican incumbent. So it's him or Republican. So that's a good example of a race that not only is Libertarians as a third party, a lot of people say, you know, oh, it's a useless vote or things like that. But that's a perfect example of where a third party can really shine when you don't have a Democrat that they're able to field to run on the ballot. 
So he's def- so he's definitely right that you know we, we brings a lot more choice and gives a lot of options for people. I mean, a, a, no one should run unopposed in an election. Well, no, of course me. not. And I thought that was interesting. You know how he he said, you know, there's no Democrat, so it's it's the Libertarian versus the Republican. And that actually, in those kind of races, that actually gives a legitimate shot to the third-party candidate, wouldn't you think? One would imagine. And, and like I say, I, I think that when, when, when you ask somebody to run for office and you don't have anybody presenting any uh, alternative view. And you know what's funny is uh, I bet in that district, wherever it is, they'll, when they talk about it, they'll say so-and-so is running unopposed instead oh, yeah. of, instead of sure saying there's, there's a third party in there. Well, Which is, that's the that's the Republican and the Democrats wanting to make you know make well, you think course, they're the only they, games in town. Exactly. So let's. Uh, I think now the rest of these are candidates for various positions. I'll okay. tell you where they're they're yep. going for. So let's go ahead and uh, get into these. All right. So let's. Here's the second one. James Toller. Now tell me, you're running for you're a candidate on the Libertarian platform here in Kentucky. Correct? I am. Uh, Kentucky State House uh, District 78, which is uh, part of Georgetown, all of Harrison and Pendleton County. So the so the state house is what yes, you're sir. For. I want the free market, uh, everybody to have their free speech, pretty much. Uh, you know, because we don't have it. You know, we're out here. We're being told that we have to wear a face mask. Do we really have to wear a face mask? Do you want to wear a face mask? If you don't, you should not have to wear one. Uh, you know, I just want to push that, you know, everybody should have their own personal right. The government just needs to be downsized big time. You know, it's uh, they've got too much overreach. Uh, Kentucky has the most corrupt government in the country. Uh, you know, we, we've got to change that. The actual uh, research and all that stuff that, that was put out uh, actually back in March, Kentucky was the most corrupt government in the country. Uh, and whenever you think about that, you, you think about New York, you think about Illinois, you think about California, and you're like, really? Why is my state so darn corrupt? All right, we're back. So Kentucky is the most corrupt state in the country. How do you feel about that one, Brian? I uh, I question his, I mean, he, he seems like a, a, a perfectly nice fellow. Okay. But, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know what scale he's using to determine corruption. I'm not... He, he said the, he said something which was put out in March, but he never bothered to actually the, say. The scale is in question there for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, so I'm, there's that. I mean, everybody in the world will tell you that California is one of the most corrupt places in the world. At least some people will. Well, and I'm pretty sure whatever state somebody's living in, like it's those memes where you know well, yeah, traffic is terrible in, and you can see it's all it's been replaced yeah. with whatever state, whatever and, city you're yeah, in. Yeah, it's whatever, yeah. and and you know. The, the fr- his frustration with wearing a mask. I mean, I don't like to wear a mask. Nobody does. Nobody like. Nobody's I, out there enjoy. Maybe the Phantom of the Opera and I X, the des- X Men. I actually despise it. I do not like it. No, but and and you know you it makes it harder to communicate. Of course, there's lots of reasons not to wear a mask. But yes, the, this is my general problem with libertarians that they are focused so much on their rights. That they forget that we live in an in an interconnected community, right? And what they choose, how they choose to exercise their rights, affects everyone around. I them. don't know if that's that's a libertarian thing, Brian. That's an American attitude. We that's become really prevalent because Americans have made it really clear they don't really give a shit about anybody but themselves. They've made that rather. Well, that's certainly yeah. There, there's a sizable portion of the country so, who has made that pretty clear yeah, in the last so, six I mean, months, but. If you say, I don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. I don't want to wear a mask either, but it's not about you. And it's not about what you want. It's right. about what's needed. Yeah. And that's and, and 
that has been a, a problem I have. But. All right, so the next person. So let's move on. Yep, let's move on to our third one. So, um, What's what your was your name? Uh, Josh Barker. I am ecstatic. We've got a fantastic turnout so far. We've got you guys here talking to us. We've got a couple of news stations that have been showing up. Uh, just really excited for people to be out here and be able to hear about Joe. The whole concept of ending the war on drugs is a big deal to me. I guess you overheard our conversation a little bit. That's, that's uh, one of my big things. Well, it, it's, it's a big one for me because I was in the Army and I saw things that definitely made me believe that the CIA is not only funding drug cartels, but that they're also funding some of these terrorist organizations, which has already been documented. We're paying our soldiers to go over there and get hurt or die fighting people that we're paying to arm. We're buying the bullets that they're using to kill our soldiers. This is ridiculous at this point. So have you always been a, a libertarian? Did you start out as I, one of the I other ones? I had considered movie? myself Republican for a long time. Once I discovered the Libertarian Party, I realized I've been a libertarian the whole time and just no one told me. All right, so this is another thing is that we, we tend to get into, I guess everybody has their own conspiracy theories, left, right, and center now. Okay, what was? Well, he was, you know, we're we're... You know they're funding. I guess. They, oh well, well. I mean. I mean, yeah. The, the Taliban is using. Is, you know, a lot of those places. If you stick around long enough, we'll first give you arms and then make them and use then, them against us. Right. But but I think one of the things we really want to talk about that he uh, pointed out was the drug war. Well, sure. So this is one of the things that we're going to talk about repeatedly in this show is about stopping the drug war, and that is one of the things that the libertarians aren't afraid to say. No. You will hear neither a Republican nor Democrat ever say anything about a a drug war because in my opinion they want to keep it perpetually going yes here at bluegrass home front we have a strict anti-prohibition uh stance yeah that is we believe prohibitionism is a loser strategy that does not work and and we were just talking about some of the corruption in that piece there you know we're talking about like uh you know when you go over to afghanistan in these places yes there's conspiracy theories saying, yes, that the soldiers do this and do that. But all, what I know is that the poppy keeps coming from Afghanistan like crazy and that this doesn't happen by accident. So there you are. And, yeah, we've, we've, the, we've then the drug proven, war. We have, we've proven in 40 years that the, the only people who've, who've won the drug war are the drug dealers. And the cartels. And the cartels. If and we why, are we making, why are we making those criminals money? And why are we turning everybody else into criminals too right why are we even calling them criminals yeah I mean, why are we inventing criminals why it, are we we have don't we have enough that that's going wrong in this country that we needed to invent some more people who were doing wrong things so, exactly so yeah that that's something with the libertarians that i can definitely get behind oh yeah and they're the only ones that's got balls enough to say anything about well it. it's because they they want government completely out of everything they, well, they don't want anything to happen the government needs to be out of most things like that uh, well, yeah you're not wrong all right, well, let's listen to our last man, Robert, shall All we? Right. I'm Robert Perry. I'm here to support Joe. I've, I've actually met Joe a couple of times. She uh, came to our state libertarian convention. Uh, also, I was a uh, delegate to our national convention, so I got to hang out with Joe a little in Orlando. Joe's really, really passionate uh, about the grassroots of libertarianism. She's really passionate about our local candidates. And by the way, she knows how to enjoy fine bourbon. Now, I understand you're also a candidate, correct? That's correct. Oh, I, excellent. For the second district, right? That's correct. My pitch is I, I believe in the individual. I, I'm the one who isn't just for economic freedom or just for social freedom. 
Uh, the, the idea that those two are somehow in con conflict with one another is absolutely preposterous. There's, there's no reason we can't have all our freedoms all the time. All right, so I, I definitely like freedom. Yeah, I like all our freedoms all the time, too. Yeah, but uh, again, sometimes I wonder what they, if they, by freedom, what exactly they're talking about. Sometimes they're talking about, uh, but yeah, I mean, on a base level, I can agree with what he has to say. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, who don't, who don't want to, who don't want to have our freedoms? But, you know, it goes back to this topic we were just talking about. Those, it, we lose a lot of our freedoms by invented crime. Sure. You know, just, and if we could, uh, get rid of the inventing the the process of inventing crime and you know creating cartels and you know doing all that stuff then we would have a lot more freedoms so we aren't so here at bluegrass Homefront, we aren't trying to endorse any particular candidate or tell you how to vote nope we are encouraging you to vote yes. and we want to present you with as many uh, as we want to present you with as much information for you to make an informed decision as possible yep. and we will uh, offer our opinions i like to go on little rants sometimes and brian does too and that's fine you can take it however you want we're just a couple old hillbillies from eastern kentucky so Take whatever we say with a grain of salt if you'd like, but uh, hopefully, or a whole bag of salt, or, or a whole bag of salt. And if you but, have things to say to us, you can you can also you can always write us at uh, info at the blimp, which is T H E B L M P, which stands for Black Light Moon Productions, the company that makes this very podcast you're listening to. Yep. Send that email to the info at the blimp dot com, and uh, we will definitely read it, and we may read it to other people Tell too. Tell them how they can get get us with get us on the Twitter. On the Twitters and on the Instagrams and things, you can find me at Tiny Brian. That is T Y N I B R I A N, and you can reach Victor at Vito X Me V I T O X M E. That is correct. And finally, you can reach our friend Brian Hines at Sir Ass Chappington. Why? Just because we think it'll amuse him. And and Brian's a he's a cool fellow with a. With some interesting and funny things to say and to share. So there you go. Absolutely. And uh, if you have time, please feel free to rate us and review us on your preferred podcast catching app. Next week, we will bring you more music and a conversation with an actual rocket scientist. An, operating, actual, an actual rocket scientist. Are we going to go to the moon? Well, maybe. You'll have. That's called a tease, folks. You'll have to come back next week and find out. For uh, Bluegrass Homefront is produced by me, Brian Woodard, with Victor Anderson. Our associate producer is Malachi Woodard. Special thanks to Catherine Leon Anderson and Michael Trent. Until next time, this is Tiny Brian saying, Beware of rabbits, they carrots. Toodles. Toodles.